Welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If this is your first time joining me, welcome. I am so glad you could be here today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you have an extra moment, would you consider leaving a review? It only takes a few moments or you can share this episode on your social media. Both helps others find this podcast. If you are looking for some good resources for deepening your faith, just visit sitstillmydaughter.com to see what's available for you, including Bible reading plans and blog posts. I also have a link in the show notes that allows you to donate to this ministry. Your support helps us in continuing to encourage the hearts of women with the truth of God's word. I want to thank everyone who came out to the Zoom class last Thursday. It was such a pleasure to see each of you and to get to know you a little better. We had a wonderful time digging into God's Word, unpacking what it means to be a woman of the Word, as well as fellowshipping with each other. Now, for those who were not able to make it or for those who are interested in hearing it, we did record the session and it's posted on a YouTube channel. That link will be in the show notes for you to enjoy. Now for today's episode, we are finally beginning our study of the Proverbs 31 woman. And I say begin because we will spend the next three episodes digging into this chapter. I decided to break it up into three sections, her connection, her character, and her community. So we may not go directly in order of the verses, but I think it will work well doing it this way. When I was a teenager, my parents moved and that meant finding a church to attend. Again, we moved a lot. As I entered the teen class, I discovered that the girls had their own lesson time on Sunday mornings as the youth pastor's wife was teaching through Proverbs 31. I found out that this was approximately a two-year study. Thankfully, I had not missed a tremendous amount of information. I was given a binder where I could store all of the handouts, and 18 years later, I still have all of those notes. They are something that I cherish, especially since that dear teacher has since passed away. The knowledge and wisdom she poured out into each lesson was evident in her work as she presented it to us, and it was evident in her own life. She did not just teach us. She lived each truth out in her own life, and I will forever be grateful for what she poured into my empty cup. In some ways, this is my small tribute to her, and I will be weaving some of her wisdom along with my own study material in hopes that her legacy will continue on and bless each of you as we make our way briefly through this incredible chapter. I also want to say that it is certainly not an in-depth study. Perhaps one day I will formulate a deeper presentation, but for now, I just want to focus on these three main areas. Again, today's focus is connection. And what I mean by that is her family. Connection is a popular word in the interior design industry right now. Designers are looking for ways to keep a family connected with each other while they're at home, which is one of the reasons the open concept in layout is chosen for the main living area, such as kitchen, living, and dining rooms. Extra thought is also given to living spaces like the family room so everyone can gather and connect. At the core of connection is relationships, creating a home that makes it easier to build relationships. The Proverbs 31 woman knew about relationships. It was something that she valued and was invested in. Listen to verses 11 and 12. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. The word heart means the feelings, the will, and even the intellect. It's the center for anything. 
It really is the core of who we are. It is everything. And whose heart is this? This is the husband. He trusts in her. And trust is not just a random emotion that happens. It is the result of a solid foundation that has been built on over time and maintained. Even though this references the husband, trust is key in every relationship, including the one between God and ourselves. God tells us that he is trustworthy, he is faithful, dependable, and reliable. We can follow him with full confidence because he is trustworthy. Every decision involving us is for our good and growth. There is no fear when there is trust. This woman's husband didn't have to worry when he came home because his heart trusted in her and knew that he would not find a disaster, a pile of receipts and children uncared for. The woman is the keeper of the home. And I know that the world has taken this concept and belittled it, but that is only Satan doing his best to undermine God's plan. Now, I know for some, we can't always be home as many need to take a job outside of the house and some may not even be married or have children, but we still should strive to make it as lovely as possible, which means it is a place of peace and rest. No matter our marital status, we still contribute to the atmosphere in our home. And if we are complainers and contentious, we are not helping to create a home sweet home, but more like a home sour home. But Back to the topic of trust, this woman has built a foundation of trust which is specifically pointed out in her relationship with her husband, with someone pointing out that it was in a specific relation to finances since he has no need of spoil, as in she is not wasteful but careful, which enables them to live within their means, something many of us struggle with, I'm afraid, and marketers are happy to push with their constant ad campaigns for more and more things. A Proverbs 31 woman is one who has built trust using wisdom. She is a woman of disciplined behavior instead of destructive. She is a woman who can be trusted with her husband and may I even say other relationships greatest secrets. They know that when they open their hearts to her, it remains confidential safe from the ears of everyone else. May we be women who make wise choices that will help us build a foundation of trust with our husbands, children, parents, siblings, and friends, cultivating a home that is safe for everyone and where they can freely share their joys as well as their burdens. Being a woman who is trustworthy is a key component of becoming a Proverbs 31 woman. Now, there is another aspect of the husband relationship mentioned in the next verse, verse 12. Notice that it says she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She is a blessing to her husband. Her choices and decisions are with him in mind and for his best interests. Life is not about her and what she can do to make her life great. It is about her husband and about others. Isn't that how we are all to live, doing what is best for others, not ourselves? Every relationship will thrive as we each esteem others better than ourselves, as we seek to help and encourage others instead of ourselves. Selfishness has no place in the Proverbs 31 woman's life, but her life is selfless, spent on behalf of others. Now, of course, there are things that we must do to recharge our own battery. Christ himself took time away from the crowd to pray and spend time with his father. And he is our example in everything, including this. So it is not bad to have your quiet time or to even say no to helping at a certain event or even just read a book in the evening. But our primary focus should be others to do good and make a difference. But specifically, 
with the husband, there is something that my teacher pointed out. She said that this woman does him good all of her days, not his. She made the point that she still speaks well of her husband and honors his memory when he is gone. How many women have laid out all of their deceased husband's faults once he's gone? This is not the character of a Proverbs 31 woman. Of course, there may be times when it is necessary to clarify or share something, but it should not be our main topic of conversation. We must always measure our words carefully before they are spoken because they cannot be taken back. It is easy to fall into the realm of slander and gossip, which is why we must seek to be a woman of wisdom who is learning to bridle our tongue. There is one more verse that references the husband, and that is verse 23, which says, Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. My teacher shared this old saying with us that goes, When the man is climbing the ladder of success, his wife is usually holding the ladder. Her intention was to help us realize the role of a wife. While she is her own person with a God-given purpose, part of that purpose was helping her husband with his. She said, as a wife, she ought to encourage her husband in his work and respect his position in the home. Be a cheerleader for your husband. We know that the world is no friend to those who pursue God and husbands are the main target as they go to their job, especially one that is not tolerant of our faith, which is becoming more and more common. A man can go far when he knows that his wife has his back. Again, she is doing him good. She is being supportive of him. There is also another side to this, our behavior whether good or bad, will always reflect not just us, but our family. When a wife is loud and ill-mannered, it hurts her husband's reputation too. This is another reason our choices matter because they impact our behavior, which in turn impacts our family. We should strive to be women who are a blessing to those around us and especially our husband. And for those of you who are not married, we can still apply some of these traits to those around us, including our family and friends. Who doesn't love a supportive friend who is always there in your corner when you need them, ready with a word of encouragement? I want to be that kind of woman who is a blessing to my family and friends and seeks to do what is best for them, not me. Now, I want to transition into her relationship with her children. So let's read verse 28. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. These are the words spoken by her children. This is what they have to say about her, and it is words of celebration. The words arise up can be defined as standing in respect, making an announcement, and even growing up and living in a way that brings honor and blessing and credit. A mother's influence is powerful and often will stay with her children their entire life with some of it even spilling over into the next generations. And there is no greater investment than people, especially our own. Now, I want to stop for a moment and speak to those who have no children, whether you're married or not. Just because you don't have children doesn't mean you can't invest in others. We'd have still the ability to be impactful. You don't have to be a mom to be an influencer. There are many ways to influence children in your church, in your family, in your community. There are multiple nonprofits where you can volunteer your time and be a blessing to children. So please don't feel isolated when it comes to this realm. It just means looking around for ways to serve and share differently. There are several people that I would stand in respect for and announce to others the impact they had in my life. But here, these children, along with her husband, do take a moment to pause and give her praise for the difference she has made in their life. They are grateful for her constant care, 
her diligence, and her character as it continues into the next verse, which we will get into later. The Proverbs 31 woman has lived a life that is poured out for her family, and it did not go unnoticed. Her daily choices were observed by her children. They watched as she rose early, as she worked in the fields, as she sought wool and flax, as she cooked for her family and was involved in her community. They were watching as she loved God, trusted him for her needs, let him guide her steps and fill her with his love for others. She was a woman who lived life before them and they were watching every moment. There is a precious poem entitled, When You Thought I Wasn't Looking, that I believe sums up this idea perfectly. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you hang my first painting on the refrigerator and I wanted to paint another one. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you feed a stray cat and I thought it was good to be kind to animals. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you make my favorite cake for me and I knew that little things are special things. When you thought I wasn't looking, I heard you say a prayer and I believed that there was a God to talk to. When you thought I wasn't looking, I felt you kiss me goodnight and I felt loved. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw tears come from your eyes and I learned that sometimes things hurt, but it's all right to cry. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw that you cared and I wanted to be everything that I could be. When you thought I wasn't looking, I looked and I wanted to say thanks for all the things I saw when you thought I wasn't looking. Our life will be observed even when we think no one is watching as we do the ordinary, the mundane things of life. And children are one of the best observers, whether you are their mom or their Sunday school teacher or a friend of the family, and maybe even a complete stranger. What does our life look like? Is it one that influences others for good? Is it one that would make someone want to grow up and be like us? That is my desire. And the only way I can cultivate a life like this is by nurturing the final connection I want to talk about, and that is our connection with God. Let's read verse 30. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. While this may be the second to the last verse, it is one of the most powerful and important ones in the entire chapter. This, my friends, is the one that matters above all else because from it stems everything else. My teacher shared this statement with us. The fear of the Lord involves having the right perspective about God. He is great and far above all. We need to have the right response to him. Awe, reverence, love. As women who desire to fear the Lord, we have to make the choice to see him as he is, holy, mighty, sovereign. Each of these things must permeate our heart and be woven into our daily choices. What we say, do, and think must be influenced by the character of our God. And where do we know him? That's right, in the quiet place. We must be women willing to dwell in the stillness so we can know him more. And the more we know him, the more we will be in awe of him. Give him the reverence due his holy name and love him with all of our heart, mind, and soul. And our relationship with God will affect our earthly relationships as we see people as he does. And our behavior is reflective of someone who is walking in the spirit. I pray that we desire to be women who fear the Lord, who are willing to do whatever it takes to seek him above all else and to be near him. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She told herself that if she can just 
get to Jesus. And she said, no matter how great the crowd, I want that same tenacity in my own life. I want to get to Jesus no matter how much of my own fleshly nature or the world's distractions I need to push through. I must get to Jesus. May we all be women who just want to get to Jesus. These are the women who will become Proverbs 31 women, women who fear the Lord and make an eternal difference in the lives of those God sends her way. And that is where we'll end today's episode, my friends. I pray that we make our quiet time a priority so that we can know him better, the one who loves us with an everlasting love.